Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, this is the Secret Teachings Radio, and I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us. Friday, September 30th, 2022. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com that's rdgable at yahoo.com you'll be reaching out to me directly I don't have a team of people that go through those emails 
You can also search for The Secret Teachings on Facebook and Twitter and find us on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's .info. You can also search the show name on any radio or podcast player or app, and you can listen and download the shows that way for free. There are advertisements placed into those shows by an algorithm. That's how we monetize this show and make about three quarters of our income. So just listening to the free show, if you don't mind those advertisements, really supports us. Otherwise, you can subscribe to the full show archive on the website. You'll get access to all the shows and a little archive on the site. You can scroll through it, download the shows, read the descriptions, etc. Or you can get a private RSS feed through that subscription. Or I should say you get it with your subscription. And then you can take that RSS feed and plug it into your phone, your tablet, whatever you listen on and listen to the show that way without the ads. You'll also get access to download and read my books, or you can buy those books separately on the website. One more time, www.thesecretteachings.info. It's kind of annoying to always say it, but obviously we have new listeners all the time and they don't know the website or maybe what this show is all about. So go check us out. If you haven't already, leave us a review. Let us and others know what you think of The Secret Teachings. Well, I'm looking down onto the state of Florida from photographs and videos all over the internet of Hurricane Ian. And I watched a few videos this week, uh, earlier this week and today of the governor, Ron DeSantis, and saw an interview. Um, he was, well, it wasn't so much an interview, it was more like a conference. And he was being asked a political question, something that wasn't really pertaining to the hurricane or the cleanup. And I saw DeSantis get really irritated, really upset. And he told the guy to stop politicizing everything, stop basically demeaning state officials who are doing their job in trying to help people who at the time, because this was, I think, two days ago, who at the time were doing their best to prepare people for the storm and now after the fact to help clean up from the storm. And of course, it's turned into this political polarized uh, debate. I mean, the president of the United States was refusing to even speak officially with Governor DeSantis for several days. As of last night, I guess the Biden White House had reached out to DeSantis and all the news articles, all the mainstream media reports. They're like, DeSantis is calling a ceasefire. Now he wants federal assistance. And I mean, regardless of what you think of DeSantis or Joe Biden, a hurricane devastates large parts of Florida, the southwestern part of Florida, the northeastern, the middle part of Florida, most of the state. I mean, basically every place I grew up and lived in for a lot of my life. And everybody wants to reduce the disaster to politics. Well, if you had a Democrat governor, there wouldn't even be a hurricane. You know, that's pretty much where we're at. If you buy an electric car, well, there wouldn't be any destruction in Florida. Electric cars would prevent these hurricanes from happening. Of course, if you look at the scientific evidence, which has been published over and over again, different studies, different reports, different analyses, it shows that hurricanes are not more frequent now than they ever have been. So now they're changing the argument about hurricanes and they're saying, well, they might not be more frequent, which you recall was the argument for a very long time. Now they're saying, but the ones that are occurring, which mind you have always occurred, sometimes more, sometimes less, sometimes intense, sometimes not as intense. And now they're saying 
Hurricane Ian is not a result of climate change. That's insane. But the intensity of Hurricane Ian, that's a result of climate change. Really confusing. I read that article last night. Hurricane Ian is not a result of climate change, but the wind and the rain is a result of climate change. Now, I think it's a result of climate and the environment, and I think it's a result of the warm waters of the Gulf, and I think it's a result of there's always hurricanes. Anybody remember Hurricane Andrew? Anybody remember any hurricane ever to hit Florida? Anybody remember any hurricane ever to hit the East Coast? Anybody remember the hurricane that was off the coast of New York on September 11th? So it's turned into this political game, this political charade. And I have probably at least eight clips, and I could play them for you, but you can't see them obviously because it's radio. But I have at least eight clips of Joe Biden wandering off stage, shaking hands with the air, forgetting that he already shook somebody's hand within five to six seconds, if, if even that, that's being generous, and then reaching his hand out again to shake, shake the hand. We have the Easter Bunny on Easter having to take Joe Biden and walk him in the direction they want him to walk. We have Joe Biden getting lost um, everywhere from businesses to speeches. He literally doesn't know where he's at. He literally has cue cards. And funny thing is, I was thinking that I wanted to incorporate that into tonight's show. And then earlier today, I had saw Clyde's monologue for his show. And that was the first part of his show. He mentioned that. And uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to let you guys know as an audience, Clyde and I don't talk and prepare shows with each other. We're totally independent contractors, if you will. We talk on the phone a lot on occasion. We'll have discussions and then we go some time without talking. But we don't really we don't plan our shows with each other. It just happens to be synchronistic or coincidental that we do have similar content, similar shows. I guess we're seeing the same thing. Um, I also had a couple of friends of mine who had said to me last year, a friend of mine who had said to me last year, and then my fiance who had said to me last year, with everything that DeSantis was doing in Florida, they, they had said that, hey, I think that there might be some really nasty hurricanes that hit Florida as punishment for what DeSantis is doing. And then I, <laughs> I was reading Clyde's monologue, and he mentioned that some people have, have suggested that maybe this hurricane was intentionally intensified which that's the funny thing. They never talk about the hurricane amplification and modification HAMP program, tens of millions of dollars. They don't talk about Project Popeye, Project Storm Fury. None of that stuff matters. Real geoengineering, real man-made climate change. What matters is hurricanes aren't more, more frequent, but they are more intense, even though that's not provable either. So, so it's a political thing. It's a strangely political issue. And a coherent DeSantis, it's his fault, but a wandering Joe Biden, he decided, let me open up the channels of communication. Let me help this poor, evil, corrupt, conservative governor of Florida uh, during a natural disaster, which perhaps isn't even natural. I think it's natural, but perhaps it's not natural. And it got me thinking. A 2019 video of the incoming Italian prime minister. Did you know that Italy has an incoming prime minister, the first woman prime minister, Giorgia Meloni, where she was discussing in this video from three years ago, assault on the family, 
assault on religion, and assault on national identity. And YouTube pulled, in some cases, the full video, in some cases, parts of the video for, quote, violating their, quote, community guidelines. Repeating news outlets have obsessively called Georgia Maloney far-right, and they are saying she is the first far-right leader since Benito Mussolini, the man who coined the term fascism as a corporate governmental state merger. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but leaders, and she's not even a leader yet, she's not even in power yet, she won't take power for some time, She's the incoming Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney. But have you noticed how people like Maloney, and whether you like these other politicians in the United States, maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, maybe you don't like uh, some other politicians, maybe you didn't like Ron Paul, but it's weird when you have congressmen, you have senators, congresswomen in some cases, you have uh, prime ministers, the incoming prime minister of Italy, you have world leaders like uh, Brazil's Bolsonaro. Remember Bolsonaro, was he was forced to eat a slice of pizza in New York City on the street because he didn't have a vaccine. This is a world leader forced to eat a slice of pizza on the dirty, disgusting streets of New York City because he didn't have a vaccine. But he's been very critical of health mandates, so they consider him to be a far-right fascist as well. Remember the Tanzanian president, John Magufuli? I think is how you pronounce his name, Magufuli. And he has, from what I understand, had a background in uh, biology or microbiology. So he had sent samples of goat and pawpaw, the fruit, to a laboratory, and they tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. Remember that? And then shortly after this, at 61, I believe he was, he died. He had no health issues, perfectly good health, perfectly cognizant, and yet he just up and dies when he proves that a pawpaw will test positive for SARS-CoV-2. And people like Bolsonaro, people like Magafuli, people like Giorgia Maloney, They're censored, they're scrutinized, and they're called terrible names. In the case of Maloney, before she's even in office, before she's even in power. Here, take a listen to this compilation, this montage of clips from news outlets all over the world claiming that Georgia Maloney is not only far-right, But she is the first far-right leader since Mussolini. And once again, just like all those clips that you used to hear on the Conan O'Brien show, they're all the same. It's all a talking point. It's, It's truly unbelievable. It's also kind of funny. There's two minutes of this. I'll play a little bit of it for you. Take a listen. This is what all the media is saying. It's all scripted. 
Same thing. It's poised to welcome its first far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. A far-right leader set to take the lead in Italy for the first time since Benito Mussolini. Her politics have com- been compared to that of Mussolini. The first far-right leader since Mussolini. The first far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. First far-right leader since Mussolini. First far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. First far-right leader since Mussolini. First far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. First far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. First leader from the far-right since Mussolini. First far-right leader since Mussolini. First far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. First far-right leader since 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 Benito Mussolini. So you have about half of it right there of the clips that I have. That's a minute of two minutes and change of, a, of news networks all over the world, largely in Europe, particularly in Italy, saying that the woman is a, a far-right fascist representative of Mussolini's fascist party. Uh, what? Why are they calling her these, these names? Well, she gave a speech back in 2019 And she, I guess, has an issue with people assaulting the family unit and people assaulting religion and people assaulting national identity. So the video was removed from YouTube for violating their community guidelines. Some copies of the video also have circulated on other platforms, so they're not all taken down. She gave these these comments at the World Congress of Families in Verona, and you can still find links. If you want a link, I can send it to you if you want to listen to what she said. There's captions there. But the video had went viral. This is from three years ago. It went viral after she won the election. 44% of the Italian electorate, which shows you that democracy isn't even technically the majority, right? Uh, But YouTube has maintained that it can restrict videos that feature spam and deceptive practices, sensitive material, uh, violent or dangerous content, hate speech and harassment. But how is talking about the preservation of the family or the concept of God or, and for the record, I'm not a Christian conservative. I'm, I'm just curious. How is talking about a national identity like I'm an Italian? I believe in God. God's pretty big there. Uh, Jesus is pretty big in Italy. Um, what did uh, Louis Black say? He's like the he's like the Coca Cola of Italy. He's Jesus, 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 Jesus is everywhere. I mean, you're gonna as an Italian to say that God is um, is an important thing to Italian culture is somehow offensive and is hate speech or harassment. This is what YouTube maintains. Now she's been, I guess. It, at the forefront of this this media hate festival because she has some views on abortion that they don't like. She also doesn't like surrogacy. She said it's degrading and abusive. And she dared to say that the low birth rate, particularly in uh, Italy and then in all of Europe in general, is one of the biggest problems facing Europe. She said that it's one of the, quote, biggest problems facing Europe. 
She said the embarrassing ones are those who support practices like womb for rent, abortion at nine months, and blocking the development of children with drugs at 11 years of age. Oh, so she also doesn't support drugging children and especially drugging them with hormones and puberty blockers and things like that. She was accused of being anti-woman, despite the fact that she ran for mayor of Rome while she was pregnant, and she was criticized for that as well. And she says her party is mainly offering compassion, pro-human ideology, and she wants to help women in particular. She's called anti-woman, but she says women have a right to be a mother and not have to give up working as a result if they choose. But if you also choose to not work, you shouldn't have to starve to death as a result. I mean, these are not irrational statements. These are not fascist statements. See, the issue here is what fascism is defined as, right? It's a a merger of corporate and government control. In communism, the government sort of takes control of everything, but it also destroys everything at the same time, so there's not really anything to take control of. And then society just completely falls apart and collapses. That's why a lot of people fled communism into Hitler's fascism or Mussolini's fascism, because at least there was food and work and there was pride and it wasn't just total degeneracy and filth and and, and starvation and, and suffering. And then globalism is the merger of communism and crony capitalism and fascism into just one giant monster. So. I think the issue here is they're saying that she's fascist because she has a view that you should be a proud Italian. If you want to be a mother and not have to work, we should find a way to make that happen. I mean, I find it to be more anti-women that some people want women to be forced to work when they have a child. I I find that to be anti-woman. But this is what she said. I mean, and I'm, I, don't, I don't know this woman very well. I've only read a few things and I've only listened to a few videos. But these are just a few things she believes. And as a result, they're saying all of these horrible things about her. She's far right. She's, and, then, and then the clip I played you, it's just the same thing over and over again. It's, it's just minutes and minutes and minutes of tiny clips from news outlets all over the world saying the same thing. Mussolini. It's furthest right since uh, Benito Mussolini. The most far right leader since Benito Mussolini. The most far right prime minister since Mussolini. And it goes on and on and on. So I've noticed something about we'll use these terms and, you know, we get confused over what democracy is, what liberalism is. I mean, I guess if you had to define me, I'd be like kind of a classical liberal, liberal libertarian, something to that effect, I guess. Um, when I listen to the words more and more, I realize how non-coincidental it is that we have a political right, if we can call it that worldwide, that says they don't like liberals and we keep calling liberals libtards and things like that. But liberalism, classical liberalism is actually a positive pro-human thing. So they've, conditioned you by co-opting the word liberal to degrade the idea that is preserved in that word. So you say, I hate liberals and libtards, but liberalism is actually a positive thing and pushing for what these people are pushing for under the name of liberalism is not liberalism. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and I've caught myself doing this. I don't think I can live in a blue state anymore. 
I got to live in a red state. I can't stand these policies of these blue states and blue cities. But what is a red state? It's like a communist state. So here's the ideology of the conservative right. I got to live somewhere red and I don't like liberals. That is the ideology of communists and socialists. You want red and you don't like liberalism. This is how they have changed our world. This is how they have changed politics by co-opting words and colors and ideas, reassociating them, scrambling the deck. And then you think red is good, liberal bad, when politically speaking, historically speaking, political uh, ideologically speaking, red is not good and liberalism is good. This is part of the problem that we have. So here's a U.S. news report on the incoming prime minister of Italy. And here's what they have to say. Same thing every other news outlet is saying. Italy has voted in its most right-wing government since World War II. And the Brothers of Italy party is set to make its leader, Georgia Meloni, the country's first female prime minister. Chris Livesay is in Rome with reaction to this vote and Meloni's response to accusations that she's a fascist. Chris, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's a stunning victory for Georgia Maloney and her Brothers of Italy party. Stunning because it was just a fringe party until a few short years ago. And stunning because of Italy's disastrous history the last time a hard right party came into power. A hard right party. They're a hard right party because she doesn't want there to be children put on hormones and puberty blockers and She apparently wants women to be able to have a baby and not be forced to go back to work immediately. Are these radical ideas to you? I'm not politically motivated in my observations here, but I just think that these I don't think that these are radical ideas. And yet Georgia Maloney and people like Brazil's Bolsonaro and the former president of Tanzania, who showed that a papa will test positive for SARS-CoV-2 These people are demeaned and degraded. They're considered uh, just disgusting, repulsive human beings. Yet New Zealand's prime minister, Jacinda Ardern, I'll play it when we get back from break here. She's actively calling for censorship and the censoring of language as a weapon of war. Literally, Australia's e-safety commissioner, Julie Inman Grant, said the same thing at Davos, as did uh, YouTube Google Susan Wojcicki. Uh, So we're supposed to praise people who don't want us to speak freely and then demean people that want us to be prosperous. This is a big mind game. The emperor doesn't just have no clothes. The emperor has no brain as they're promoting people like Joe Biden and Fetterman and Katie Hobbs and these people that literally can't speak and won't debate. It's a total disaster and it's manufactured. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info 
I hope that you'll check out my new book, Liberty Shrugged. I wrote Liberty Shrugged to provide historical context and to dispel many of the myths that we learn about in American history. Inside the nearly 700-page book, you'll learn about meritocracy, the differences between civil liberties and civil rights, and how Western civilization didn't start slavery, but ended it as an institution that had existed for thousands of years. How many of the Founding Fathers did indeed own slaves, but what was peculiar about this was that these men would fight to end the institution for a variety of reasons. We look at the real causes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War. We prove without a doubt that slavery was in no way, shape, or form the cause of current socioeconomic issues which affect all people regardless of their color. In other words, this book dispels countless divisive social, cultural, and historical myths in an attempt to objectively find humble gratefulness in the American experience. Get your copy of Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. A 2019 video of the incoming Italian Prime Minister, Giorgio Maloney, where she is discussing the assaults on the family unit and religion and national identity has been pulled from YouTube. Again, it was three years old for violating their community guidelines. For some reason, you can't talk about families or religion or national identity without having that considered to be hate speech or some other violation of community guidelines. Apparently, if you believe in having a closed border, i.e. you want to have a national government, that makes you a fascist unless you support Ukraine and their broken border with Russia. None of it really makes any sense, especially when you consider, look at Brazil's Bolsonaro. Remember Brazil's, Brazil's leader Bolsonaro had a slice of pizza 
and he had to eat that slice of pizza on the side of a dirty, filthy, disgusting road in New York City because the business wouldn't let him eat it inside because he didn't have a vaccine. He's also been extremely critical of health mandates. How about Tanzania's president, John Magafuli, who showed that a goat and a pawpaw will test positive for SARS-CoV-2. He actually died not too long after that. Funny how that works. Kerry Mollis, the inventor of the PCR test, he also died right before the pandemic began. Coincidental, perhaps. Probably not. But if you look at people like Giorgia Maloney, she's not even in office yet. She's not even the prime minister yet. And yet, this is what the news is saying about her everywhere. Repeating the same line. Our right prime minister since Mussolini. She's also set to become the most far-right Italian head of government since Benito Mussolini. And the most far-right Italian head of government since Mussolini. And the most far-right head of Italian government since Benito Mussolini. And it just goes on and on and on and on. So she's far-right because she believes that women shouldn't have to be forced to go to work when they've had a baby. They say she's far-right because she believes in family she believes in God, which I thought God was pretty big in Italy. But they say she's far right because of those reasons. They say Bolsonaro is also far right. The Tanzania's president, John Magrifoli, we didn't know who he was. I mean, did you know who the president of Tanzania was before he died? Probably not. Um, and they didn't have time to call him a fascist. He just, he tested a pop pot, tested positive. He said, you know, this whole thing's fake. He didn't push the vaccines or the tests. And then he died mysteriously at 61 years old. When he was in perfect health, maybe it's a coincidence. So these are the people, along, of course, with your your others like Rand Paul. You're not allowed to listen to Rand Paul. You're not allowed to listen to uh, to other people that are considered far right extremists. And then when you do listen to them, they usually just have like really basic ideas of community. Like, hey, maybe we should um, we should uh, get to know our neighbors or we should uh, maybe we should treat each other kindly. Maybe we should uh, create a better world for each other by being responsible. You know, like these ideas, they're considered far right for some reason. And, and, and here, here's the reason for that. I think I, I feel like I figured it out. Think about colors and words. Personally, I've said this myself, too. I can't live in a blue liberal state. But when you think about that statement, it's kind of a reversal of reality because it's the red states that people like myself tend to gravitate toward, not because I'm conservative, but they tend to be more free and less draconian. So if I say I want to go to a red state and I can't live in a liberal state, what does that say? It means I like red and I don't like liberals. But traditionally, I think I'm probably more of a classical liberal. And I certainly am not a supporter of the red terror that is communism. But they've got people like myself to even think I'd rather live in a red state because I don't like liberals. Do you see how that works? Meanwhile, while Giorgia Maloney, Bolsonaro, Megafuli, Rand Paul, Ron Paul, his father. I mean, you can sit and list all the people that the media treats like this. But New Zealand's prime minister, the woman who just looks very strange, Jacinda Ardern, she is praised. And she's been praised for her U.N. General Assembly remarks where she said disinformation 
<laughs> of course, by her definition, disinformation should be treated as a weapon of war and regulated. Her disdain for free speech is shared by the Australian e-safety commissioner, Julie Inman Grant, who said at Davos in 2022, earlier this year, we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online from the freedom of speech to being free from online violence. Well, that's quite similar to what Arden just said at the UN. I'm going to play it for you in a second. Also, YouTube or Google, YouTube's Susan Wojcicki believes the same thing. She said the same thing at Davos. If you are dealing with a sensitive subject like news, health, science, we are going to make sure that what we're recommending is coming from a trusted, well-known publisher that can be reliable. Yes, all those Wikipedia links underneath of the YouTube videos that direct you to Wikipedia, that's the same Wikipedia that we were told in school, if you use Wikipedia, you will fail the assignment because you can't trust Wikipedia, but somehow Wikipedia has become a trusted site of confirming facts kind of like the cat at Snopes. I also happened to come across a tweet by the radical activist David Hogg, totally controlled like Greta Thunberg, who believes the same thing. Recently, David Hogg, remember March for Our Lies? I mean lives. He said, quote, no right including the Second Amendment is absolute. So let me get this straight. If you, bo- if you don't believe that people should have the right to speak freely and you want to label free speech as hate speech unless it conforms to your definition of speech, whether you're at YouTube and Google, running New Zealand, the e-safety commissioner for Australia, or a radical activist punk like David Hogg, you are praised and you are allowed to say whatever you want within the confines of the script And it gets spread on social media, mainstream media. They tell you, you're a good person. These are good people. They want to save lives. They want to help you. But if Georgia Maloney says, and this is another thing I didn't mention in the first half hour. It's a big piece of why they apparently don't like her. She said, there's going to be no more Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Nice Girl when it comes to China. Can't say that, Maloney. China runs the world, perceptually, according to the media. So you have to be nice to the Communist Party. Now, isn't that kind of funny? They call her a far-right, fascist, female version of Mussolini. Yet, she condemns communism in China, which has become, through a merger of corporations and states, and communist ideology and doctrine and technocracy, It's become a globalist hub of anti-human trash. So she condemns what is true fascism and communism and authoritarianism and technocracy. And so they call her the fascist. You see how that works? That's one of the main reasons they don't like her. But it's not just in Italy. It's not just in Brazil or Tanzania. How about our country of the United States of America? For those of you, most of you listening in the United States. We have a press secretary, Jean-Pierre, unable to engage in conversation, unable to answer questions, even when those questions are scripted. She ha- she's got to have like bad, severe neck problems. She literally just she holds her head down. looking looks like she's looking at a phone half the time, 
trying to read the script because she she just doesn't know. She reads a script, but she has no ability, apparently, no ability to answer a question with her own point of view or from what she should know as the press secretary. She's just totally lost. So we have a press secretary that literally doesn't know how to speak unless she's given a script. She literally only reads from a script. And a press secretary who says some of the dumbest things, I mean, it's just, what was that TV show? Kids say the darnest or dumbest things. Press secretary say the dumbest things. Take a listen to this. And we have put the full force of the federal government uh, when it comes to making sure the people of Florida have the resources they need. I just listed out at the top of my, uh, at the top of the briefing on all of the uh, kind of resources, manpower, women power that's on the ground. Did you hear that? Let me replay that little last part for you if you missed it. Resources, manpower, women power. That- they made sure they have woman power on the ground. It's not just manpower, which comes from man, which comes from mankind, which means all people. They also have woman power. Because I'm sure most of you ladies would love to go into five foot deep water and rescue people and carry bodies on your back through that water, through the devastation, through the destruction. I'm sure most women are just itching to get that done. Not saying women can't do it, but why separate the two? Manpower means mankind. It means all people. If you're not considering women within all mankind, then you are discriminating against women, whether you realize it or not, by putting them into a separate category. So you're saying manpower, which is all mankind, but women are actually separate from that. They're their own entity. They're not the same as mankind. It's totally discriminatory. Manpower, woman power, truly unbelievable. But it gets better than that. While we have a press secretary who can't talk, we also have a president who gets lost on stage every time, quite literally, he turns around. We have eight, nine, ten, a dozen or more videos of Joe Biden being helped by the Easter Bunny because he doesn't know where he's at. Secret Service pointing, walk right there, Mr. President. He walks right by, getting lost on stage, getting lost, shaking people's hands. He shakes, I think it was Schumer's hand. He shakes Schumer's hand, then he's like, reaches his hand out again to shake it, forgets that he shook it. And then he says things like this. Remember Jackie, the uh, lady that died in the car crash, Representative Jackie Walorski? Well, take a listen to this. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Where's Jackie? Uh, she, she, she was going to be here. No, Jackie Walorski died over a month ago. She's not alive anymore. Joe Biden didn't know that. So what happens when the president makes such an obviously he's lost his mind statement? Well, here comes Jean-Pierre to the rescue. Final one. What happened in the hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. What, What happened? 
So the president was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be a, a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He, uh, I love this next part. These are just mainstream news reporters, and they're starting to sound like, well, they're starting to sound like me. Looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. No, I totally understand. I just, I just explained she was on top of mind. <laughs> This isn't the same. I forget what the guy's name is. He always asks the hard questions, but this is a completely different reporter. And she's like, he said, Jackie, Jackie, where is Jackie? Oh, she's supposed to be here. No, she's dead. Can you believe this? So you have literally a press secretary who cannot answer a question without a script. You have a president who doesn't even realize where he's at. He's getting lost in like dozens of videos. He has no idea where he's at. And then he thinks that a Congress lady who died, I said over a month ago, it's about a month ago. He thinks a Congresswoman that died a month ago is alive and supposed to be there. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was going to be here. (laughs) She was going to be here. And I love the response by Jean-Pierre on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He uh, looks but very he much said, looks forward to discussing Jackie, her remarkable where legacy are you? of public service with them when he sees Jackie, her family this coming Friday. Jackie. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. Now listen to her response to that response to, to the original question. Her response to this is so Orwellian. It's like when Winston is being tortured. Two plus two equals whatever you want it to be. Just stop the pain. No, I totally understand. I just, I just explained she was on top of mind. I just explained. I totally understand that he asked, "Where's she at? Where's she at? Where's she at?" I totally get that. But I already, exp- I already answered this question, dum dum. She was on the top of his mind. So there is the press secretary and the president, and then we have people running for office. Some have already held office before, mayor, secretary of state, etc. You have John Fetterman. Sure, you've heard John Fetterman talk before. Might sound like uh, something Charlie Kelly wrote from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you vote me, Philly, I hot, I lead power. This doesn't make any sense. This is literally what John Fetterman sounds like. In fact, I'm going to try to pull that clip up of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's one of my favorite TV shows because this... I think Charlie Kelly wrote John Fetterman's script. I swear to God, because there's no way that this guy has the ability. And it's not about making fun of the guy. I know he had a stroke. Uh, he and, and Dr. Oz, who is his, his opponent in the race there uh, for Senate in Pennsylvania, has said the same thing. This guy is not cognitively able to even have a conversation to give a speech, let alone to be going to Congress to make important decisions for the state. So he is unable to string together sentences 
And as a result of that, he says, Dr. Oz is making fun of his mental condition. I don't like Dr. Oz myself, but I don't think he's making fun of his mental condition. This is like, would you have someone who is blind fly an airplane? You get on the plane, the pilot's blind, and you say, I don't feel comfortable with the pilot being blind. Well, what are you? You anti-blind? What you hate blind people? You hate crippled people? He can fly the plane if he wants to. That's what it's like. Hey, listen to John Fetterman, and I'm going to play you the clip from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I swear to God, Charlie Kelly wrote this guy's, this guy's script. Being anti-union is anti-American. What is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income? a path to a safe place for them to win or excuse me to to work okay i didn't edit that that's that's him talking fetterman declined to answer questions from cnn and other reporters at the event just earlier today i was so proud to march with you in downtown pittsburgh labor day happy labor day labor day happy labor day He cannot speak coherently. Is this the guy that you want in Congress? Would you want this guy driving your cab or flying your plane? Do you want him making important decisions? It's not about the fact that he's mentally handicapped in part. It's the fact that you don't want a blind guy flying a plane. You don't want a crippled guy who doesn't have, you know, the ability to use his arms or his hands or his feet. You don't want a crippled guy driving a car. It's not going to turn out very well. Send me to Washington, D.C. to send so I can work with Senator Casey and I can champion the union way of life in Jersey, excuse me, in D.C. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it's an honor. I live eight minutes away from here. And when I leave tonight, I got three miles away. Dr. Oz in his mansion in New Jersey. You've got a friend and you have an ally. Send me to Washington, D.C. Okay, whoever clapped there, that one person needs to be drugged out of that audience and beaten. Okay, <laughs> if you're, <laughs> I'm just joking. Who claps to that one person? Yeah, one person. It's probably they probably put the, the one clap in there as a track. Did you notice like the air raid siren in the background? That was very, very ominous, wasn't it? Send me to Jersey so I can. Washington and Labor Day, like he can't speak, right? Okay, it doesn't this just sound, if you know the, t- the episode I'm talking about, it sounds just like um, when Dennis read the script when he was running for district comptroller in Philadelphia, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, the, the TV show, and Charlie Kelly's kind of illiterate in the show, and this it's, it's exactly what it sounds like, I swear to God. You got the script that I wrote? Grab the script. I mean to speak to you about this read these words they're not in the right order it's good i think you might be dyslexic bro i'm not reading this i'm gonna no 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 no, 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 no please i, I think it. you might be dyslexic Just read the script once okay you want me to read the script yes all right and action i'll read the words you wrote hello fellow american this you should vote me i leave power good thank you thank you if you vote me i'm hot what taxes they'll be lower son the Democratic vote for me is right thing to do, Philadelphia. So do. 
This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I, I swear to God that I think Charlie Kelly, the character is writing John Fetterman's script. Does that not sound similar to you? Jesus Christ. Okay, but it's not just John Fetterman, right? It's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's Joe Biden. It's just countless drones that either have mental disabilities, they've got Alzheimer's, they've had a stroke, or in the case of Cortez, well, she's just, she's just really dumb. I think one of the reasons why that impact was so doubled that day is because of, how, of the misogyny and the racism that is so deeply rooted and animated um, that attack on the Capitol. You know, white supremacy and patriarchy are very linked in a lot of ways. There's a lot of sexualizing of that violence. And um, I didn't think that I was just going to be killed. I thought other things were going to happen to me as well. So what sounds like what you're telling me right now is that you didn't only think that you were going to die. You thought you were going to be raped. Yeah. That's Cortez telling CNN she thought she was going to be raped and then killed on January 6th, even though she wasn't in the building. Are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is... Your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And like this is the war. This is our World War Two. Mm-hmm. This is our World War Two. You hear the other guy on the mic. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. I mean, are these the people that we want running our states, our country, the world? Some of these people aren't even elected yet. John Fetterman, he held elected office. He's running now in Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. And the guy, I mean, the guy literally cannot string together a sentence. And you might notice this. Um, Fetterman, just like Katie Hobbs running for office in Arizona. She's running against Carrie Lake, who got the Republican nomination. Katie Hobbs, like Fetterman, refuses to debate. She will not debate her opponent. And it's gotten so bad here in Arizona, even the mainstream liberal or democratic, whatever you want to call it, media, is starting to ask questions. Why won't she debate her opponent? When you look at Carrie Lake, regardless of what you think about her, if you've never seen Carrie Lake, she was on TV for decades here in, uh, here in Arizona. The woman goes out and she has crowds of people around her. The media hinges on everything she says so they can twist it and distort it. Her opponent, Katie Hobbs, refuses to debate her because she says, well, Carrie Lake is, is, a, is a right-wing extremist, so she refuses to debate, which, which should be a good thing. If, if, if your opponent is a right-wing extremist, then it shouldn't, it shouldn't just get up there on stage. It shouldn't matter. Destroy her in the debate, point out how she's a right-wing extremist, and you win the debate, and you win some votes, and you probably win the governor's seat. But even Democrats have fled from people like Katie Hobbs. There's been like a six or seven point swing in Carrie Lake's direction here in Arizona because Katie Hobbs refuses to debate when she's asked by people on the street why she refuses to debate or what, what her policies are. She has that that just horrible tone of voice. I don't know what you're talking about. Just really, really, really annoying on top of everything else, like the fact that she's been convicted twice of refusing to pay black women the same amount of money as others uh, are paid. And then she also, of course, fired the woman for asking questions. 
Um, she has nobody that surrounds her when she goes out to eat or goes out to do something. You barely ever see her, just like Joe Biden. Can't hold more than two or three people in a crowd. Her opponent holds thousands, and nobody cares when they see her walking down the street except to ask her, why won't you debate your opponent? Somebody just did this again, I believe this was yesterday. They saw her at a, I think it was a coffee house, a little restaurant. Nobody around her, nobody cares, and they went up and asked her, hey, why won't you debate Carrie Lake? Secretary of State Hobbs, uh, I was just wondering, why aren't you debating Carrie Lake? Okay, because I mean, the people want to hear. So we were just kind of wondering. I'm not going to answer that. Okay, well, you have a good day, but, you know, have fun being five points behind. And there's just countless people that are going up and asking this woman these questions when they see her out in public. And it's the same thing. I don't know if you can't really hear it that well, but her voice is like, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer that. It, did the Democrats really pick this woman? There were other Democrats that sounded better than this woman, had better policies. They picked her. And if there's election fraud, I think it's in the Democratic Party. Bernie Sanders got screwed by Hillary Clinton. A lot of other people probably got screwed by Katie Hobbs. But here's the point. To bring it all together, she won't debate. She's literally a court jury declared racist and sexist twice over. Fetterman in Pennsylvania, cannot speak. He sounds like the script that Charlie Kelly wrote for Dennis when he ran for comptroller in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Joe Biden thinks Jackie Walorski is still alive. The press secretary for the White House cannot finish a sentence without reading from a freaking script. But they're praised. Jacinda Ardern, New Zealand's prime minister, I said I was going to play the clip for you. Here's just a second of it because we have to take a break. The podium does not... But what if that lie, told repeatedly and across many platforms, prompts, inspires or motivates others to take up arms, to threaten the security of others, to turn a blind eye to atrocities or worse, to become complicit in them? What then? This is no longer a hypothetical. It's no longer a hypothetical. We have to censor free speech. She wants to censor free speech and she calls them weapons. Free speech is a weapon of war now. So she's praised. All these other people are praised. But the incoming prime minister of Italy, Giorgia Maloney, condemns fascist, communist, globalist, technocratic China, and they call her a fascist. Brazil's Bolsonaro doesn't force vaccines. He has to eat his pizza on the side of the road. You see what's happening here? Do you recognize what's happening here? The emperor doesn't just have no clothes on. The emperor doesn't even have a brain. You see how many times Joe Biden gets lost? Jesus Christ. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We have Michael Strange from Troubled Minds coming up to talk with us about all of this in the next hour. There's more after this on The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email r gable at yahoo.com visit the facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info i hope that you'll check out my new book liberty shrugged i wrote liberty shrugged to provide historical context and to dispel many of the myths that we learn about in american history inside the nearly 700 page book you'll learn about meritocracy the differences between civil liberties and civil rights, and how Western civilization didn't start slavery, 
but ended it as an institution that had existed for thousands of years. How many of the founding fathers did indeed own slaves, but what was peculiar about this was that these men would fight to end the institution for a variety of reasons. We look at the real causes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War. We prove without a doubt that slavery was in no way, shape, or form the cause of current socioeconomic issues which affect all people regardless of their color. In other words, this book dispels countless divisive social, cultural, and historical myths in an attempt to objectively find humble gratefulness in the American experience. Get your copy of Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. The Secret Teachings Radio Show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. The website, three w's dot thesecretteachings.info. You can find our show archive there, montages, my digital books, and more when you subscribe, or you can listen to the show for free. You just have to listen to those advertisements that are placed by the algorithm on any radio or podcast player. And if you are listening on one of those platforms, please leave us a review, a couple of stars, and let us know what you think of the show. It's another way to help us grow and help us reach out on those different platforms to new listeners. Really appreciate everybody who's bought a book or subscribed or has already done that. Thank you so much. Tonight, we're learning that not only does the emperor have no clothes, the emperor apparently has no brain. Kind of reminds me of the stories of the Chinese emperors that would have these really long fingernails and they wouldn't be able to walk or to really move because they're not allowed to walk or move. They're just these these idols, these symbols. They're, They're just basically like dolls that sit there. They represent power. Everybody does everything for them. But they are the image of the empire, of the throne. They are the symbol of power. In the first hour tonight, we looked around the country and around the world. And right here in Arizona, from here in the Grand Canyon State, we have a woman running for governor named Katie Hobbs who refuses to debate her opponent. And her policies, or lack thereof, and also her history of racism and sexism and confirmed court declared in two cases, racism and sexism and discrimination, etc., of an individual who worked under her. She was Secretary of State for the state of Arizona, still is, until her term is up. And she refuses to debate. It's gotten to the point now where even what we would call left-wing media is criticizing her and saying, why won't she debate? Just debate your opponent. If you think you have better ideas, debate her. Her opponent is, of course, Carrie Lake, the former 
talking head on the media up in Phoenix. She left the media because she thought that almost all of it was manufactured. She was being forced to read a script, basically. She didn't believe in it, so she left. Now she's running for governor. And she has a very coherent way of speaking and a lot of good policies. Even if you don't like her, though, the question is, why won't Katie Hobbs debate her? Maybe you know nothing about what's going on in Arizona. How about in Pennsylvania? How about John Fetterman? A guy who had a stroke who literally cannot string sentences together. And yet, just like Katie Hobbs in Arizona, Fetterman is being promoted by the media. I don't think it's gotten so bad as where the media is saying, hey, something's wrong with this guy. Clearly, he's had a stroke. But when the media addresses it, they say, don't make fun of his stroke. He can still be somebody who represents Pennsylvania in Congress. Those are just two examples. But then we also have Jean-Pierre, the press secretary. We have a president who consistently gets lost when he's up on stage, when he's talking to people in public. He, he literally, the, the Easter Bunny had to come rescue him. His Secret Service tell him where to go. He doesn't know where to, how to follow the pointing of a finger. He doesn't know where he's at. It's not about being opposed to Joe Biden because he's a Democrat. You watch the guy. He literally is not cognitively functioning like the rest of us. It's actually kind of sad. It's so bad that he thought that the Congresswoman Jackie Walorski was still alive. He just said this. Did you hear this? White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. Take a listen. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Yeah, she was going to be here. No, she died about a month ago in a car wreck. And Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, it's so bad when she's asked about why he was wondering where Jackie was. Here's part of her response. Already uh, plan to welcome the Congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. She was on top of his mind, she says. Her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He uh, looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. No, I totally understand. I just I just explained she was was on top of mind. I totally understand that he was actually asking for a dead woman. Totally understand. So when you look at these people that are running for office, that are holding office, that are in the White House, whether it's Katie Hobbs, John Fetterman, Jean Pierre, Joe Biden, these people not only are not either cognitively functioning like the rest of us, like they have dementia or they're borderline retarded or they've had a stroke, or in the case of Katie Hobbs here in Arizona, she's just a nasty, disgusting human being with a voice that sounds like, I'm not going to debate my opponent. That's literally how she sounds. You have these people that are praised by the media, and yet you have others like Brazil's Bolsonaro, who is against health mandates, and he had to eat his pizza on the side of the road in New York City when he was in New York City because he didn't have a vaccine. The president of Tanzania, before he died mysteriously at 61 years old, John Megafuli, he showed that a pawpaw fruit will test positive for SARS-CoV-2. He dies right after that, and they install another World Economic Forum puppet. People like John Megafuli, Bolsonaro, and Italy's new prime minister-to-be, Giorgia Maloney, they're calling her a fascist. I played some of the clip for you earlier. Here's just a few seconds of it. 
Italy is poised to welcome its first far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. A far-right leader set to take the lead in Italy for the first time since Benito Mussolini. Her politics have com- been compared to that of Mussolini. Okay, what are her politics? She believes in family. She believes in not attacking religion. She believes in a national identity for Italians. I didn't think God or Jesus were controversial things in Italy. I guess I'm wrong. She also has criticized the fascist, communist, technocratic, globalist, authoritarian, anti-human state that is China. So she's not reading the script. She's a threat. So she's a threat. We have people like Rand Paul who's a threat. We have people like Bolsonaro who's a threat. But people like Jean-Pierre and Joe Biden, people like Katie Hobbs and John Fetterman, people like New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, who says that we need to regulate free speech as if it were a weapon of war. The e-safety commissioner for Australia, Julie Grant, same thing. We need to regulate free speech and rethink it as a human right. YouTube, Google, Susan Wojcicki says the same thing. We need to censor certain things and only recommend trusted sources of information. And then YouTube recommends Wikipedia. Radical activists like David Hogg says, you don't have a right to anything. No, none of your rights are absolute. These, to me, sound like the talking points of a true fascist, of a true communist, a true authoritarian. Our guest this evening, Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Michael, welcome to The Secret Teachings. Don't these sound like the talking points of a monster, of an authoritarian control freak? Yeah, what's going on, Ryan? It's definitely one of those situations where if you look at George Orwell in 1984, he is a prophet, right? You can do all the things you're describing here, and you can even talk sense as opposed to the nonsense. Stand up to the nonsense, and what do you get? Well, they tear you down. They get character assassination. They call you a racist. All the rest of this stuff. Again, the Italy stuff with the Italian fascists, like we were chatting a little bit offline before we started Hey, celebrate women, right? We're supposed to do that. And it's good. I'm not complaining about that one single bit. It's the first female prime minister in Italy. Like you said, she's not even in office yet. But boo, hiss, she's a fascist. Come on, guys. Hey, welcome to the Upside Down, Ryan. And it's just minutes and minutes and minutes of tiny little clips strung together of the media repeating, like all those Conan O'Brien clips you know, it's it's Easter week. Get ready for your bath. You know, get your baskets ready. Oh, it's Christmas. Make sure you put your Christmas tree up. The first far right leader since Mussolini, all the news outlets. You, I know you heard that clip before I sent it to you. It's all in concert. Uh, who doesn't think that this is completely scripted? We have audio and visual proof of it. It's literally scripted, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as usual, the, the bad part is we're, we're wrong thing. I'm not allowed to do any of the rest of this stuff, including like just the right idea. It's wrong thinking, full effect, the double speak, the, you know, the, the two ideas exist in the same space, but one is a dead idea. So we just sort of write it out of the language. It's all, it's all coming to pass, man. And it's, it's a terrifying thing. I will say though, I will say, and this may be a hot take. I think there's a silver lining here because it is waking people up. I think, you know, like we're getting, becoming more and more internet savvy, how they consume news and the rest of this stuff. And I think a lot of the younger generation, you know, people malign them a lot, but they're very, very savvy with how they consume news now. And it is waking them up to this type of thing, including, like you said, YouTube censorship, right? So YouTube, 
predominantly is going to be uh, younger people watching YouTube, right? These, let's say the older folks are going to be watching uh, CBS or NBC or, you know, that, that kind of garbage. But notice on YouTube in the past year, they actually removed the thumbs down button because they were getting blasted on all the garbage propaganda stuff they were trying to stuff down our throats collectively. And so people were thumbs down bombing it. So what did they do? They removed the thumbs down. So all you see is the thumbs ups now, Ryan. And they do that on Yahoo and a bunch of other websites too, right? They've just removed the comment section because they're trying to create a more inclusive and equal and less harmful environment by just removing your ability to communicate and present your opinion, which is, again, what the New Zealand prime minister wants to do. She wants to regulate free speech as a weapon of war, and yet she's praised, and the woman that's going to be the Italian prime minister says, I think we should respect God. I think we should have a family. I don't think women should be forced to work if they have just had a baby and that somehow is radical and akin to Benito Mussolini, yet the woman that wants to censor your right to speak freely and express your thoughts, she's a hero. Yes, it's very Orwellian. And yeah, and it's okay. I mean, as long as we notice it and we talk about it, and I think that, like I said, the, the one silver lining is just because the political elites try and tell us this is the case, I don't think everybody's buying this wholesale. Right? To me, that's a good thing. But it's, it's up to us, though. We like it, it, again, like what did Orwell say? His, his final interview. He said, "Don't let it happen. It depends on us." And that's each and every one of us. Not me and you. We have shows and all the rest of this stuff, right? But every single one of us. Don't be gaslighted by somebody because. Well, because they can speak louder than you or shout you down or whatever. It's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I think, I think we're in good shape, Ryan. Uh, you know, again, glass half full type of guy. But uh, we have to be vigilant. We have to really understand what they're trying to do to us. And I think after some practice, you've been at this for quite a while now, you, you spot it instantly. Like five years ago, I probably couldn't spot propaganda or this gaslighting stuff as easily. But boy, oh boy, that, that Trump era sure, sure woke people up to propaganda, didn't it? It did wake people up to propaganda, but I also think the Trump era was used as, as I've said before, it's a hundred flowers campaign because it helped the intelligence agencies and it's helped certain political parties to isolate opposition to their, let's call it for lack of a better word, globalist Chinese, if you will, by, and I mean Chinese, I'm talking about the structure of their authoritarian government, not the Chinese culture that's been destroyed by it, but it's awoken, um, People, yes, but it's also allowed certain individuals and certain groups, intelligence agencies, etc., to isolate the resistance and the pockets of resistance so that they can condemn them as Biden has, as being semi-fascists, as being white supremacists, even though a huge portion of Donald Trump's base is like Hispanic and black, and but they're all white supremacists. It's, it's all about the wording. And I, I actually just watched 1984 again recently. Um, and I got to say, I haven't seen the movie for a long time, seen, read the book for a long time, but it's it's disturbing how eerily similar what he wrote then compares to what's happening now, because what he wrote then was was happening at that time. It's just gotten worse because of technology today. But again, that also I don't want to ramble on about this, but that also makes it easier, as you just alluded to, to be able to get access to this information, to listen to what these people say and to be able to scrutinize it, break it down, and recognize uh, the propaganda immediately. Like, So here's another one. I wanted to play this for you. Here's the press secretary talking about the hurricane response in Florida. Take a listen to this. 
they need. I just listed out at the top of my, uh, at the top of the briefing on all of the uh, kind of resources, manpower, women power that's on the ground. So they're talking about sending resources to Florida. Joe Biden wouldn't even talk to DeSantis initially. Now they're criticizing DeSantis for asking for government assistance. And the White House says, well, we're going to send manpower and woman power. Now, I don't know about you, Michael, but I find that to be very derogatory because manpower means mankind, which means all people. So if you have to separate woman and say womankind from mankind, you're actually classifying women as either a second degree part of society, a second class part of society, or you're separating them. And, and, and it's almost being implied subconsciously, if you know the definition, that they're not even human. Mankind, manpower, we're actually going to send woman power instead of manpower. To me, that is disturbingly psychologically manipulative. Yeah, I think it's just more, I don't know about like disturbing to me. I, I just think it's controlling the language once again. And it's, it's fine. I mean, you know, like no, nobody, again, nobody hears anti-woman, right? That, that's the point. It's like, come on, there, there's going to be some misogynistic elements out there. It's, it, it, it is a thing. But I mean, come on, like literally putting this in front of us all the damn time and saying it all the damn time. It's uh, it, it gets old. It, it literally gets to the point where you're you're just tired of hearing it. You're like, yeah, yeah. You know what? I've never been a, a knuckleheaded misogynist or racist. Never. Right. Uh, so stop lecturing me, please. Stop. Right. I get some people need to hear it, but uh, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm not one of them. I don't have to hear it all the damn time. It's not this is not the. The education camp, if you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> well, they have pulled an old video of the new Italian prime minister, Giorgia Maloney, off of YouTube because after three years, it suddenly violated their community guidelines. And it violated their community guidelines, apparently, because she says there's an assault on the family, on religion, on national identity. And if if, if and she now says, if I when I'm put into office, when I take office, I'm going to um have a different policy on China. And so, but you know, the thing is China is a communist, fascist, crony, capitalist, corporate state of authoritarianism. And she criticizes a truly fascist state and they call her a fascist. You're hundred percent right. It's all about the controlling of words. It's even about the controlling of colors and ideas. I said earlier tonight, Michael, you know, I've been guilty of this myself. I've said, I'd rather live in a red state than a blue state. I'd rather live in a red state than some liberal state or liberal city. But when you think about that, again, I've been guilty of that, even recently saying that. A red state is akin to a communist state, the color association. And liberalism, I guess I'm probably more of a classical liberal. So if I say libtard and I don't want to live in a liberal area, I want to live in a red area, they've somehow conditioned us with words and change the definitions and the associations. So I'm like, I'd rather live in a communist state. I don't want to live in a liberal state. Does that make sense? Have you noticed that? Yeah, well, funny enough, you say the color red, right? It's red China, the communists, right? Cue the, cue the right. scary imperial marsh music from Star Wars, right? But uh, they, again, talk about just a faux pas of messaging and... Uh, we just had Biden, Darth Biden, up on stage with that like red backdrop, which looked like he was the emperor from Star Wars, <laughs> and then decrying his enemies of the state as right the people who voted against him. I mean, it's it's almost like uh, this. It's become this ridiculous caricature of itself 
in the messaging. And like I said, if anybody is halfway awake and paying any amount of attention, they see what's happening here. Come on now. But yeah, absolutely. Regarding the color stuff and how they, they frame it, right? All they need to do is say red state, hammer and sickle. <laughs> You're in, buddy. You dirty communist, that's, Ryan. That's what, it, yeah, that's what it feels like to me. I mean, I also think like I, I'm only 31 years old, so I grew up I'm kind of becoming aware of the world during the Bush administration. And I just remember Bush was, you know, the image was he was so stupid. He just didn't know what was going on. He read books upside down. He didn't know where he was at most of the time. And then Obama comes along and Obama's a, a good speaker and he's using his hands and convincing people of what he says that it's true and you should follow him and believe him. And then Trump's in office and Trump, they make him to look similar to uh, George Bush. And it's just like hatred for four years. And then Joe Biden Anything. We don't care who it is, even if it's a corpse with dementia, will take him over Trump. To me, I feel that this is an ongoing process that it's not about liberal. It's not about conservative, Democrat, red, blue. It's about positioning certain people into power to make them look really, really stupid or really, really hateful. So the next person that comes along, no matter how well spoken they are, no matter how much dementia they're suffering from, they're going to feel and seem like a savior. And then when they take power, they implement the authoritarianism that the media has been blaming their previous political um, opposition for. Does that make sense? That's kind of what I feel. And that's a generational thing. That's decades in the making. Yeah, it's still back to the division politic. That's, that's where we're at, right? And so me, I, I'm a little bit older than you, and I've, I've seen some election cycles, and I'm going to tell you I'm disgruntled entirely with all of the political system. I'm more, more like you in the terms of a classical liberal, if you're going to try and define me and my political taste. But that doesn't matter anymore because they've thrown that out the window. If you're not like Correct. like super increased far left. You're not a liberal at all anymore. So I'm just so disillusioned with all of it. I think they're all on the same team and it's not like pro wrestling to me anymore. It's just <laughs> disgusting. It is. It is a little bit like pro wrestling. So let me let me let you listen to and obviously all of the audience listen to what the New Zealand prime minister said about free speech. She's talking at the U.N. General uh, General Assembly. Here's the woman that the world is praising for her covid response, the masks, the vaccines and her take on free speech. Take a listen to this. Never treated the weapons of old in the same way as those that have emerged. And that's understandable. After all, a bullet takes a life. A bomb takes out a whole village. A lie online or from a podium does not. But what if that lie, told repeatedly and across many platforms, prompts, inspires or motivates others to take up arms? To threaten the security of others? to turn a blind eye to atrocities, or worse, to become complicit in them. What then? This is no longer a hypothetical. The weapons of war have changed. They are upon us and require the same level of action and activity that we put into the weapons of old. So in essence, Michael, she's saying that words, sentences, paragraphs, speeches, talking, which comes from consciousness, so it's thought crime, thoughts, into words. These are dangerous. They're just as dangerous as guns. They're just as dangerous as bullets. They're just as dangerous as bombs. We need to think about, and she goes on, think about regulating these kinds of things as weapons of war. So somehow, and I, I think that you're right, Michael, I think most people could recognize this. She says that at the UN General Assembly, I played the clips of the e-safety commissioner of Australia saying the exact same thing at Davos. 
The same thing from Susan Wojcicki of YouTube and Google saying the exact same thing at Davos. And then the radical activist David Hogg saying the exact same thing a few days ago on Twitter. So they're all following a script. And we're supposed to think because the media all over the world, these independent, smaller, large, different outlets, they're telling us the same thing. It's all scripted, as I played you the clip of, uh, of about the Italian prime minister. But we're supposed to think that these are good people. They're trying to save us. And the psychology is while they're hitting you, they're telling you we're going to protect you from being struck again. And meanwhile, people that say, hey, I think maybe we should have a border in our country. I think maybe we should focus a little bit on the family and community. Those are the radicals and the fascists. And I think there's an irony there because the people that are promoting this get rid of free speech, get rid of self-defense, get rid of countries, etc., the irony there is what they are promoting, what they are pushing, what they are advertising, what they're just obviously reading it from a script. What they're doing is somehow convincing people, I think, with that little bit of doubt that they're actually there to protect them and save them. So even though I think you're right, Michael, let me try to word it like this. Even though I think you're right and I agree with you that most people recognize this, it still puts a doubt into your brain and you start to question after a while Maybe the Italian prime minister is a fascist. Maybe Bolsonaro is a fascist. Maybe uh, these people are co- uh, uh, white supremacists or they're, 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 um, they're uh, whatever they call them, fascists, etc. Maybe these are bad people. Maybe the New Zealand prime minister is a good person. I, I really think that's what it's all about. That's my question to you. I think it's all about trying to place that little tiny bit of doubt. So you're never really 100% sure. And that's all part of the psychological warfare. 100 percent and uh it, it is it's disturbing it really is disturbing so you know what's fascinating about what uh what what the they're talking about the, the weaponization of words and cracking down on words right mm-hmm. there's like again back to living in the upside down talk about that a lot on troubled minds we basically look we seem to have forgotten that words are words and actions are actions right and there is a words to stimulate a particular action, okay? But in, until the two co-mingle, words are still only words. Like we still we still have this, about, and that's the whole point of freedom of speech, the First Amendment. I'm, I'm always joking about this. It's not the 44th Amendment. It's the first stinking amendment for a reason because it's the most important. The marketplace of ideas is the most important, right? But instead, we've flipped this. And so actions no longer even need to be let's say, steps taken from words, the words themselves now, the ideas themselves are weaponized. And again, now the crackdown begins. And it, it is disturbing. So I'm with you, like, like I said, optimist, glass half full, all the rest of that. I think people do recognize this. But the danger, like you described, it's, it's drip, 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 drip of like constant mainstream into the mainstream zeitgeist gaslighting and changing those ideas of, you know, again, we should, we should change. We should get better, right? There's, there's no like stagnation here. Let's get better together, but not right. By cracking down ideas, the crappy ideas will always go by the wayside. Let them ignore them. Don't give them any air in my opinion. And that's that until they become literally dangerous, like people gathering up bombs and whatnot. Right. And like staging something like that. That's different. That becomes different. That's when the words become actions and are moving into, let's say, some terrorist situation, right? Or some 
some horrific thing. And I know that's super complicated too with the FBI setting people up. And I mean, I mean, that's a whole nother, a whole nother conversation, but I, th- I think both, both things can be true at the same time. And it, like I said before, it comes down to us. Be vigilant. Don't fall for this garbage. Realize words and ideas are important and we have the right to be wrong, don't we? We do have the right to be wrong. We have the right to question everything, regardless if we're right or wrong. It's an opinion. You have a right to express your opinion. It's thought. That's where the idea of the thought police comes from. Michael Strange, Troubled Minds. We'll be back more with Michael in just a few minutes. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. I hope that you'll check out my new book, Liberty Shrugged. I wrote Liberty Shrugged to provide historical context and to dispel many of the myths that we learn about in American history. Inside the nearly 700-page book, you'll learn about meritocracy, the differences between civil liberties and civil rights, and how Western civilization didn't start slavery, but ended it as an institution that had existed for thousands of years. How many of the Founding Fathers did indeed own slaves, but what was peculiar about this was that these men would fight to end the institution for a variety of reasons. We look at the real causes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War. We prove without a doubt that slavery was in no way, shape, or form the cause of current socioeconomic issues which affect all people regardless of their color. In other words, this book dispels countless divisive social, cultural, and historical myths in an attempt to objectively find humble gratefulness in the American experience. Get your copy of Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fall out back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Hey folks, Joe Biden here. Tested positive this morning. Oh, son of a bitch. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. (laughs) Excuse me. 
on the environment. The president asked me to be in charge of managing that piece. Then President Trump, excuse me, Freudian slip. That was the last president. He caused anyway. <laughs> excuse me. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot, foot. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. A solid meeting with. Um, I'm Ryan Gable. The uh, go. You know the you know the thing. You know the you thing. Have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You want to expand peace. You know what you're listening to. It's the secret teachings. Another one of our. Joe Biden montages. That turn, that 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 that, that turn, uh, uh, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my. This is a teeny tiny example of some of the things that Joe Biden has said and done. Most of them as president. And regardless of what your politics are, I think you can agree that the guy is out of his mind, suffering from dementia, or he's actually just completely psychotic. He took showers with his daughter inappropriately in her diary. He's involved with his son's business deals illegally overseas using Hunter Biden, Chinese did, and other companies to get access to the president. Totally illegal, leveraging his son to get access to the White House when he was vice president uh, with Obama. And for some reason, the media still praises the guy. He can't stand up. He doesn't know where he's at. I've got dozens of clips wandering off stage, etc., You thought Jackie Walorski, the congresswoman, was still alive. I played you that clip. And then the press secretary said, yeah, she was just on his mind. And then another reporter says, but he was literally asking for her. And the press secretary says, I've already explained it to you. I already explained it to you, okay? He had her on his mind. Next question. So you listen to that, you hear that, you see that. And it's like everything is considered an isolated incident. And then you look in Arizona to Katie Hobbs, who's running for governor for the Democratic Party. She refuses to debate. You look at John Fetterman in Pennsylvania running against Dr. Oz. I don't like Dr. Oz either personally, but John Fetterman is running against Dr. Oz and refuses to debate him. It's a consistent thing. They refuse to debate either because they either have no ideas or they have such a terrible background like Hobbs does that she's been declared a sexist and a racist by two different juries in the state of Arizona, cost the taxpayers millions of dollars. And people like John Fetterman have had a stroke. And I'm not making fun of the guy because he had a stroke. But I'm saying that you probably shouldn't be running anything. You probably shouldn't be driving a bus or flying a plane if you're blind. You probably shouldn't be making complex decisions in Congress if you cannot form sentences, let alone complex sentences. But it's not just these people. What about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? What about all the other politicians that literally either can't speak say the dumbest things anybody's ever heard in their lives. It's almost, our guest tonight, Michael Strange from Troubled Minds, Michael, it's almost like they're selecting people, and by they I mean the parties, are selecting people to read scripts that are very, 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 I don't mean this to be derogatory, I mean they're literally either retarded or they're stupid or they have such a low IQ, they're almost like children. So when you criticize these so-called representatives, and these leaders that have these hundreds of millions of dollars thrown at them, then you're criticizing a crippled person. You're criticizing a woman. You're criticizing this or criticizing that. And it all becomes about emotion 
and the usage of words that invoke an emotional response. And to me, for all the people that say democracy is in danger, this is the hijacking of the perception of democracy to the benefit of the corporate banking state. That's my opinion. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I think so. There's, there's a lot going on, and they want us to believe all this other stuff. All the smoke and mirrors is constant, right? It, it's interesting that when you let it go and kind of let it breathe and take in all of what's happening, if you think differently, back to wrong think in 1984 and, and the rest of that, the thought police, it's what's happening. And it's unfortunate because it's not where we need to be. And, and they'll even say, too, like if you, if you lean into the press and listen to what's going on and, you know, like the, the press conferences at the White House, which are just atrocious anymore. I mean, not like they've ever been, you know, some sort of Golden Globe sort of affair, if you know what I'm saying. Not like right, right. either. But, right, it's, it's never been some like super entertaining thing. It's just garbage. It's garbage propaganda. It's fun, rehashed, and then and, and presented to you. And regarding what you said, I think it's extremely important because uh, George Carlin, right? George Carlin said, think about how dumb the average person is, okay? Not, not picking on people in those terms, just average IQ, right? He says, now realize half of them are dumber than that, okay? And, and it's, it's a reality. It's a reality of the world, and not actually who they're going after, right? Like a lot of folks that uh, don't aren't quick on the uptake and realize they've been had. So once they've been had, Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them they've been fooled, right? So in the same breath, we're, we're doing that. We're taking like an entire group of people uh, and exploiting them with these ideas that are half-baked, that are concocted uh, in control terms and mechanism in purposely exactly this reason. And that's why I said two things can be true at the same time. I have reason to be hopeful that we're going to stand up to this. But then also, right, when the mob rules, things become dangerous. So we're we're, we're at an interesting place in history. Let's call it that. I think that's for sure. Speaking of George Carlin, I just was reminded of a quote. I pulled up the book here on my desk. George Carlin was asked about fascism and Nazis. That's what he said. He said, when fascism comes to America, it will not be in brown and black shirts. It will not be with jackboots. It will be with Nike sneakers and smiley shirts. Smiley, smiley. And that's pretty much what we see with what we consider to be progressivism or liberalism today. It tends to be the Nike sneakers, the Apple phones, and the expensive lattes at Starbucks and smiley face shirts. It's all about peace and love and equality. And, but again, those words are redefined and they're placed in different positions in the lexicon so we can take control of both the word, the idea itself, and also the color. So I want to live in a red state, and I don't want to live in a liberal city or a liberal state. A red state, a communist state, hammer and sickle state, as you alluded to and said earlier. And I guess I'm probably more of a classical liberal, but they've hijacked and redefined that word. So when I play the clips of Joe Biden, Michael, the montage coming in, when I play the clips of like John Fetterman or AOC, take a listen to John Fetterman. This is the only edit that is in this montage of little clips here is just the cut between the clips. I did not edit this. This is what the guy sounds like. And it doesn't matter if he had a stroke or he's, you know, he's suffering from some mental condition. What matters is the guy probably isn't fit to make complex decisions in Congress. He can't even speak, let alone debate. Take a listen to what John Fetterman sounds like. Being anti-union is anti-American. What is wrong with demanding for 
an easy, safe kind of their income, a path to a safe place for them to win, or excuse me, to, to work. Fetterman declined to answer questions from CNN and other reporters at the event. Just earlier today, I was so proud to march with you in downtown Pittsburgh. Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Send me to Washington, D.C. to send so I can work with Senator Casey. You get the idea. It's it just goes on and on like that. But that's John Fetterman. He also refuses to debate his political opponent. I mean, that alone, I think we could talk about for at least a full segment is the refusal of a lot of these candidates to even debate their opponents. Now, in the case of John Fetterman, I, I, have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Michael? I've never seen that. No, you never seen that show. OK, well, for the listeners who might have, there's a really funny episode where they run for office. They're running for comptroller uh, of Philadelphia. And I swear to God, the script that Charlie Kelly, that one of the main characters, he's kind of illiterate. The script that he writes sounds like what John Fetterman just said. Take a listen to this. This is from Sunny in Phil. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia. You got the script that I wrote? Grab the script. I mean to speak to you about this. I swear to God, this is what John Fetterman reads. Read these words. They're not in the right order. It's good. I think you might be dyslexic, bro. I'm not reading this. I'm gonna. No, 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 no please. Read I think it. you might be dyslexic. Just read the script once. Okay, you want me to read the script? Yes. All right. And. Action. I'll read the words you wrote. Mr. Fetterman. Hello, fellow American. This, you should vote me. I leave power. Good. Thank you. Thank you. If you vote me, I'm hot. What? Taxes. They'll be lower. Son. The Democratic vote for me is right thing to do, Philadelphia. So do. This doesn't make any sense. This is what I always think of when I listen to these people speak. And... The point is, that's that's a comedy television show. It's fictitious. But comedy now and jokes like that are becoming reality, Michael. And I, I want to laugh at it, but it's also really, really, I think it's actually kind of scary. I, I, I don't know. What do you think? It, it's literally a comedy show, but it's also reality. You just heard John Fetterman speak. It's, it sounds like the same thing. Yeah, I've been paying attention to that Fetterman stuff. It's wild to see him. Like you said, uh, the George Carlin comment with the, the Nikes and the smiley shirt. Well, mm-hmm. uh, add hoodie to that because this guy shows up at the these political <laughs> events and it's a black hoodie. Right? It just seems so out of place. It took me a minute to actually realize he was a candidate. I thought he was like a spokesperson or something. Michael, <laughs> it's, a, it, it, it's idiocracy. <laughs> it's idiocracy. It's like the president. He's got that like American exactly. flag suit on. Exactly. Exactly right. It, it, it's becoming absurd, right? It's, it's the... Uh, with the circus, I don't know, Circus Maximus in real life. It's, it's absolutely nuts. You know what's crazy, too? Uh, so I, I fact-checked you, Ryan. You fact-checked right here, me? Right here, live okay. on the air, I did it. All right, let's I, hear I, it. I, pulled, I pulled up the fact-check <laughs> regarding the Joe Biden stuff. He, he, he's not mentally, let's say, problematic, right? In any way, what, he's not compromised at all. Uh, he just got a stutter. Oh, I see. I see. My bad. You're wrong. I want to make sure you know you're wrong about (laughs) my bad. I thought he had dementia. I thought he was getting lost on stage. I guess these were just like uh, isolated cases of him uh, having little faux pas. My bad. I apologize for for making that horrible stuff up about the president. (laughs) I should I should probably be taken. I should probably be taken to room 101. What do you think? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I would. uh, You're you're first against the wall, my friend. It goes straight to, well, <laughs> now I'll, I'll, I'll end it there. I'll send the goon squad to pick me up. Well, there, there's so many of these 
types of people. Fetterman, Cortez, Katie Hobbs, Joe Biden, Jean-Pierre. I mean, you listen to the stuff Cortez says. I'm sure most people have heard this, but just as a little tiny taste of Cortez. Most people don't really know what capitalism is. Most people don't even know what socialism is. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is... Your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And I played you the clip earlier where she says that she thought she was going to be raped and killed on January 6th, even though she wasn't even in the building. She was in another building across the street where there weren't protesters breaking in or walking into the building. So you get people like this. And my question for tonight's show, Michael, is how is it that the media can convince people that these individuals like Fetterman and Cortez and Biden, etc., are sane Somehow, the incoming Italian Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney, Brazil's Bolsonaro, former president of Tanzania, John Magufuli, people like Rand Paul, they're crazy because they believe in, even if you don't agree and you don't want to have a family, that's fine. But just because they believe in like a family, they believe in some higher power God, they believe in having a border, they believe in not injecting kids with hormones or puberty blockers, they don't like the fascist communist state of China, that makes you fascist. I mean, the idea that the emperor has no clothes and nobody wants to point it out, I think we can update that that concept, that idea. It's like the emperor has no brain now. These are just husks. They're puppets. I mean, literally with a hand up their back. You thought politics was someone being controlled by a puppeteer before. Now, Michael, it's so blatant, you can almost see the person behind them controlling their actions. It's so brazen now. Ryan, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Pay no attention. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. And, and I think probably the most fascinating thing to me about all of this is I wonder really, really and truly who's running this joint. Because it is, like you said, brainless, empty husks up there reading scripts, decrying half of the population as terrorists. Who's telling them to say this stuff? Because no actual like person in their right mind that is seeking re-election at some point would do that. You're like, okay, let's just uh, lose lose part of the part of the same base you have that voted you in by saying something like that when they realize what you're actually saying well, uh, eight, it's absurd and eight, it's, uh, i'm right? sorry i'm sorry i started the, I, I, I started the talk over you go ahead no you're good i'm done go ahead well i was going to play this little tiny clip from a couple weeks ago from the press secretary jean pierre again confirming what you said where she talks about um well she talks about what's in the majority what's in the minority take a listen to this and again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. And I think two things about that. Number one, Joe Biden got 81 million votes. I'm pretty sure there's at least three times that many people in the country. And his approval rating, number two, is below like 40 percent. It's definitely below half. So that would also make her and Joe Biden in an extreme component or element of our society. But they tell you, if you don't think like them and the majority, well, you're in the minority. Your voice doesn't matter. And that doesn't sound very democratic. It doesn't sound very American. That just sounds very authoritarian. Believe what we say 
or we're going to relegate you to second class status. Exactly right. And it, it, it's, it's so multifaceted now in how they're attacking it with, like, like you said, the language and everything else. I mean, think about this. In, let's say, Orwellian double thing terms, right? Congress has like a 9% approval rating, except we're supposed to be like, now you just hand over the entire energy sector and all of the healthcare sector, like 43% of the economy or whatever, and they'll fix it. It's like, wait, so they're, they're like 9% approval rating as is without all that extra control. And so we're expected to believe in the same space and the same breath and the same thought that if we hand it all over to them, they'll fix it, right? So they'll just get the, 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 the anvil and the, the hammer and just clank, 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 and it's all fixed, Ryan. Hey, just, just hand it all over and, uh, well, no, no, nothing to see here. Don't man the mind, uh, don't, yeah, right? The man behind the curtain. Crazy, crazy stuff. This clip I played you earlier, Michael, of the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern at the UN General Assembly, she is parroting talking points that you can find from the World Economic Forum, talking points from the Australian E-Safety Commissioner Julie Grant, talking points that the YouTube uh, Google Susan Wojcicki uses as well, talking points David Hogg uses, all talking points. She says that we need to regulate free speech and not just regulate it, but regulate it as a weapon of war. So basically your words, which are your thoughts, consciousness, etc., your thoughts become weapons. And yes, words can be very dangerous, especially the words that this woman is using. She tells you that your thoughts, your words, your feelings are dangerous to her power and to the authority that she holds, and they need to be regulated. This is also the woman who said you don't have a choice with vaccines or masks, but then when they pulled the mask policy back about uh, two, three weeks ago, something like that, she gave a speech, she gave a talk, she said, well, if people want to keep wearing them, we have to respect their personal decisions to wear them. I mean, we've used the word Orwellian so much now in our society, Michael. I don't think that it is even a, I don't think it's even a credible word anymore. Uh, these people are just completely psychotic or they are empty shells. They are husks. They have no ability to think for themselves. They're reading a script. They're probably more scared than people like you, me, or any of our listeners tonight. They're probably more scared because they know they're in a position where if they don't follow the script, something bad might happen to them. And that's when you can really, I think, start to see when you think about that, the structure of global control and where we are headed with the usage of technology as a tool to censor and to restrict access to information. As good as it is now, information through YouTube, for example, as you said, it gets censored so quickly, it gets pulled down so quickly, like the Italian prime minister or the new Italian prime minister's former speech. They go back, like Edward Snowden said, remember Edward Snowden said, they'll go back and they'll scrutinize something you did in the past and use it against you today. And that's what they're doing with the Italian prime minister. That's what they've done with thousands and thousands of citizens all over the world. They look into your past and they use that to take you out today. And interestingly, by the way, in regard to that and all the things that like the people were not supposed to criticize. And I, like I said, just previously here, the most fascinating thing to me is who is in control. Who, who's actually running this? Like you said, the world, world economic forum, uh, throwing it out there as an idea that these major corporations, right? They trilateral CFR. Like yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many, but it's, it's bizarre because you, I can't imagine like a, 
sort of coalition working for the president that calls up like the CEO of Coca-Cola to make a policy decision. You know what I'm saying? But as absurd as that sounds, that may be kind of what's going on. Through lobbyists or what have you, back channels, I have no idea. Real quick, I know we're running out of time here. Uh, Voltaire said this. It was attributed to him. Oh, I'm reading from a fact check. But he said, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you're not allowed to criticize. And I think that says it all. And if you go, at this point, we're not allowed to criticize YouTube with the thumbs downs in the comments. We're not allowed to criticize Netflix and the new series they put out because they've removed the comments and the thumbs down. Like, those are the individuals that we're not allowed to criticize. And like I said, it's multifaceted. And of course, there's a political class and everything else. But when it all points in the same direction, things get weird. Well, here's something that's weird for you. And... I find this astounding that I haven't heard anybody else discussing this anywhere. There is an article in Bloomberg and a few other mainstream sources that Bill Gates, take a listen to this, Bill Gates was the one who lobbied Congress, Joe Manchin from West Virginia, to pass the Inflation Reduction Act. There's also viral clips of Bill Gates going around the internet, social media, where he is telling you that he told Donald Trump what to do in regard to the vaccine. So my question was, I did discuss this on a recent show a couple weeks ago. I thought that the Inflation Reduction Act was an anti-billionaire bill. I thought that it was passed by debates and discussions by representatives of different states, congresswomen, congressmen, senators, etc., in Congress. And yet here's Bloomberg bragging about how Bill Gates called members of Congress and said, you will pass this bill And then they responded to Bill Gates and said, yes, we will pass this bill. Here's Bill Gates. And there's clips all over the Internet. Bill Gates saying, yeah, I told Trump what to do about the vaccine. I told him to do this. I told the guy is unelected. He has no medical degree. He just has a bunch of money. He's a front person. I think that answers your question. It's not just Bill Gates. But here's Bill Gates and Bloomberg saying, yeah, we're the ones that pushed Congress to vote for the bill. We're the ones that told Trump what to do about the vaccine. And that's in a Republican and a Democratic or a Democrat administration. That's who's really running the world. Billionaire, so-called philanthropist, elitists who have no country that they pledge allegiance to. They are international globalists and they believe in a merging of corporations, banks, states, governments, that is. And of course, any other powerful group that will be able to give them even more power, merging it all together and then making everybody else live as if they are in a gulag concentration camp or a communist society where all their income, all their uh, possessions have been taken away and they're happy about it. That, I think, is who's running the world. Clearly, he's running the United States. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just to finish the idea on that fact check real quick, that ties into exactly what you said. Voltaire, this is from checkyourfacts.com. To learn who rules over you, you simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. It's so poignant, it's so short, it's so perfect. If you just think about that, it it points to these individuals, right? Well, you scroll down on this fact check, and of course, because this is such a a powerful little statement, uh, the verdict is false. Voltaire never actually said this, but it appears to have originated with white nationalist writer Kevin Alfred Strong. <laughs> well, so it's also that's Voltaire like, oh, is also a white nationalist. <laughs> it's sort of right. I mean, it's like, well, at least the idea you can shoot down now, even though it's a great idea because this other jerk said it. I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's just so we have to relate everything to that. Everything, everything becomes about 
the identity of, of the color of your skin or your sexuality or your sexual preferences or your weight even. And it's all about emotion. None of it is about open and free debate and allowing good ideas to win out over bad ideas. And it's, I mean, I think the epitome of this whole thing, I don't know if you saw this, I think I sent you the link. You know the singer Lizzo? Did you see her play the flute? I did see that. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It makes me kind of, ties me in a knot in a number of ways. I don't know. I mean, it's easy to kind of criticize and snap and be like, well, you know, well, let's talk about decency. But, I, you know, you talk about decency in, in some sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm a free speech guy. So I'm like, yeah, you know, fine. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, like I'm, I'm in the middle on that one. I'm not sure exactly how that came to pass or whatnot. But uh, I'm going to back off of that just because I'm not sure how I feel in the sense of what it meant, right, symbolically. I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I, know. Totally, I totally respect your point of view on that. The only reason I bring this up is because I think this is where we can confirm that we've gone off the edge. The U.S. Library of Congress allowed Lizzo, and I don't, I don't have an issue with her because she's overweight. I have an issue that we glorify obesity, but that's a separate issue. But the U.S. Library of Congress is allowing her to play the 200-year-old flute, crystal flute, of James Madison, arguably one of the most brilliant founding fathers of the United States which is fine. They want her to play it. That's fine. But it's weird that they would select her. And then as she's playing this old crystal flute from James Madison, she's twerking on stage. I find that to be grotesque, not because of her, but because of the image and what it represents. And because of the library of Congress, letting her play James Madison's flute as a symbol of what it's now become twerking obesely on stage. To me, that is the, the, the cart and the horse going over the edge of the cliff Again, I respect that you don't want to have a comment on this. But when I saw that, I just thought of the same thing with John Fetterman and AOC and Biden and John Pierre and all these other people that can't speak or they're mentally ill or something's wrong with them. Yet when you have an opinion or you have a point of view that doesn't align with the script and the narrative, you are called a fascist like Georgia Maloney. They say she's the first. I'll just play the, the brief clip for you real quick. Is poised to welcome its first far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. A far-right leader set to take the lead in Italy. And it just goes on and on from there. So I think the whole idea of tonight's show is that the emperor has no brain. You have people like Fetterman, you have people like Biden, you have people like Jean-Pierre. They have to read scripts. Some of them have had strokes. They've got dementia. They're actually, might, they might actually be retarded. Uh, they might actually be mentally handicapped in some capacity. So these are the people that are either running the show perceptually or they're being positioned to run the show perceptually. Meanwhile, if you have any opinion that is pro-family or pro-religion or pro-divinity, pro-God, or maybe it's anti-communist, anti-fascist communist, crony capitalist, authoritarian technocracy like China, Maybe you don't think that uh, uh, men can have babies or you have an issue with putting children on puberty blockers or hormones like the incoming prime minister of Italy. Yet, if you're pro-American or you're pro-Italy or you're pro-the people, you're a fascist and a Nazi. I mean, it's, it's ironic, it's confusing, and it's all just, I think, a big mind game. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what it becomes, right? It's, it's that sort of just divisive with us or against us mentality. And I don't even think it's necessarily the policy on the, you know, the far right side, the, the fascist side, right? Or as they keep calling it, 
it's, it's just the fact that you stand against them, right? I think that's it. It doesn't even matter. Like you could probably have, I think, I think if we're smart people and I, I like to think we are, you could have a, you know, let's say conservative, uh, let's say base of ideas that aren't horrific, right? I, I think you could probably put together a platform that would be intelligent and, right, uh, let's say, let's say kind to the world and, you know, like trying to help people. I mean, I think all that's possible, but to say that because it's on the right and you stand up to the left, it's like the devil or something. I mean, it's all, it's just the, the circus of absurdity. Game. And uh, here we are just in our world. <laughs> it's yep. unfortunate. Well, Michael, I appreciate you coming on the show. Troubled Minds is your show quickly in the last 30 seconds here. Tell us a little bit about Troubled Minds, where they can find it. Uh, Fringe FM. We do it Monday through Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Just talking about similar stuff to what you're doing here. Uh, great work uh, with uh, the Secret Teachings, Ryan. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, come say hi. Come uh, come meet the Troubled Minds fam. And uh, thanks again for having me. Uh, pleasure is all mine, my friend. You're very welcome. I appreciate you coming over to the show tonight. And you also, of course, you can be found on like Apple and YouTube and all those platforms, correct? Troubled Minds. Yeah, definitely. Just look up Troubled Minds and it'll be on all the uh, podcast catcher type stuff. It's all free and you can find us there. All right. Excellent. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. RDGable at yahoo.com is the email. www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. Please subscribe. Please buy a book. Please support us. Listen for free on any of the radio or podcast players where you listen to radio shows or podcasts. 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, five nights a week. The Secret Teachings after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on GroundZero.radio. The most reliable way to listen. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. 